right, good evening, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody on Sunday night? Amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord together this evening? Amen. Well, we had a great service this morning. Seven people gave their lives to Jesus this morning. Amen including in our online comments section. And so that was awesome to see. So we're hooking people up with spiritual personal trainers online and everywhere else. And it's just awesome to see that people are taking uh, the Lord seriously. And we wanted to stay that way. Amen. Well, we're going to stand up together tonight and we are going to uh, go ahead and speak some words of faith over the United States of America. And we know there's a lot going on in this world, and we've talked about that. We're continuing to pray for Israel and all that stuff that's going on. And also, we're going to keep speaking some words of faith over the United States. Amen. And so, let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Amen. And you may be seated. All right, we got a few announcements to go over right here. Uh, first of all, uh, this coming Thursday is going to be our servant leadership night. And uh, if you're like, well, what's that all about? Well, servant leadership is a night that we kind of get together and we do a little bit of leadership teaching for you and, and build you up in that regard. But also it's a night that uh, you can kind of help us with some of the upcoming uh, things going on at church, events and planning and, and all that stuff. And to kind of, you know, take it to a little bit of a deeper level uh, in your serving. And so we would love to have you at that. It's going to be great. And then I've been asked by Alex and Raymond to let you know that the Burrito Bros are going to be in the parade this coming Saturday. So let's hear it for our burrito bros. Amen. We're proud of them. I don't know. Yeah, amen. And uh, and so they're starting a new series online about burgers. So if you're interested in that, make sure you catch it. But we're proud of them. And lots of the church kids and stuff are going to be in the parade too. So I love that our community still has something we can kind of all gather around and enjoy. So let's take advantage of that. Uh, the parade starts at 6 p.m. All right. And then if you are a Christian business owner, uh, we at the uh, Barstow Christian Ministerial Association, uh, we are hosting a uh, luncheon that we're doing. It's a tri-tip lunch. And so this is for Christian business owners in the community. And uh, we would love for you to be a part of that. We're going to be hosting it at Crossroads Assembly of God. I've got some flyers on the info booth there. So go ahead and you can scan that and register if you're a Christian business owner or if you know one in the community. We're trying to kind of create a network um, amongst the business owners, uh, especially as the growth is coming to Barstow. Because, you know, if you don't know, I'll tell you that our town is getting ready to triple in size within the next few years. 
players with the railroad uh, edition coming. So we really want to have a strong Christian community available for that. So anyway, that's what's going on right there. And then uh, the enriched food pantry. Okay, let's talk about that real quick. So um, a lot of you know that uh, we are having a new location in town, uh, our Midtown Chapel at the corner of Yucca and Kelly. We haven't started services there just yet, but the food pantry, we are, that is going. And so... Um, if you have any heart uh, to help, uh, you know, feed those in need and, and things like that, well, the food pantry is a powerful ministry where they're feeding hundreds of people a month already. And so we're just going to partner on up with that. Uh, so if you are interested in, in at all in helping with that, we do have a sign-up sheet back there. And uh, they just texted me a little bit earlier uh, this afternoon and asked if, you know, we could get some helping hands uh, for this Tuesday. And then they're going to distribute food on Thursday over there there. So any questions on that, come ask me and I'll try to fill you in on it. But uh, we're going to be getting a lot more involved with that food distribution, especially, you know, as we're beginning services over there. So excited for that. And then now we're going to talk about the big one, Harvest Fest. Who's excited for Harvest Fest this year? Amen. So Harvest Fest is our main event of the whole year. Usually we have two to 3,000 people show up for it, so it's a really big night for us. It's going to be on Friday, October 27th from 6 to 9 p.m., and, you know, this is all hands on deck. We need all the help we can get. We got bounce houses and carnival games, and we're giving out free food and prizes and, I mean, just everything. It is the biggest thing we do all year long, and we have some sign-up sheets back there at the little harvest fest info table next to blake amen hi blake hey bud all right so (laughs) that's the table back there and uh and so you can sign up uh to help out back there we also need um can we get the uh hot dogs and buns sign up sheet please one of the ushers we need to distribute that tonight all right and so we give out a few thousand hot dogs or something i don't even know how many it's a lot and so uh we give out a lot of hot dogs that night and, uh, and so we are going to pass the sign up sheet around for that. And if you could, you know, buy a couple packages of hot dogs, a couple packages of buns and bring them in, that would be great. So just, uh, we'll pass that around. You can sign up on there. And, uh, then of course we need candy, candy, candy. Say it with me. Candy, candy, candy. All right. We're going to fill 1000 candy bags with the good stuff. Amen. And, uh, so we need, we just need candy. And I know that the price on that has definitely gone up this year compared to previous years. I've seen it. I've bought some candy. I know, but let's try to help out with that. And we have the, uh, candy bins back there by the info booth. Uh, so the teenagers and the children always have a, a competition every year. Whoever brings in the most wins the prize and wins the competition. They also have some coin buckets back there they're doing a change war and whoever brings in the most for that between them gets a pizza party so uh let's make sure that we you know help out with that and now it's time for my annual spiel i haven't given my spiel this year do you want to hear my spiel i did okay thank you lawrence wants to hear it all right and so this is my spiel i I can't believe i haven't done this yet all year so in times past we would have harvest fest and have like three thousand people out there preach the gospel bless them and it was incredible And then on Sunday morning, like 50 of you guys would actually show up to church. I'm like, what is this? And then new people would come and like, hey, let's go to this church that preached the gospel. And they're like, hey, wait, where is everybody? And so here's the spiel. I give it every year. And here here it is. 
show up to church the Sunday morning after Harvest Fest, please, okay? Come on. You saw this place this morning. It was packed out. They set up like five extra rows of chairs, all right? It was nearly standing room. It, it was huge. But the Sunday after Harvest Fest, I need you there. So all those people you invited to come to your Harvest Fest at your church, they're going to show up and be like, okay, I'm going to go to church because I know my friend Raymond invited me, and that's his church. I, I'll know somebody. I can sit with a friendly face. And then Raymond didn't show up because, you know, the Lions were playing that day. <laughs> he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. Uh, My bad, my bad. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. We've got another Lions fan in the house. I'm not going to point him out. I love him too. So anyway, uh, but check it out. Be at church that Sunday morning. You invited people. They came and then they show up to see your smiling little face and you aren't here. It just doesn't look good. So who's going to help old Pastor Dave out? You're going to come to church on Sunday morning after Harvest Fest, okay? Now, we've got a few more services. You're going to hear the spiel again, so just be ready. And and next time, do the same thing. When I ask for you to raise your hand, raise it again, because those people, they weren't here. They didn't know. Okay. So, all right. We got it. Very good. Okay. Well, I think that's all the announcements, but we want to go ahead and welcome anybody that might be with us for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time. Uh, we have a gift for you. If you're here for your first time, could you slip your hand up real quick? We just want to welcome you. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. Very good. Well, we are glad to see everybody tonight. Who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time. Well, what's that? Well, God loves a cheerful giver, so we get happy when we got a chance to be a giver. Amen. If you need an envelope, raise your hand, and the ushers will get one to you. And we're going to open up our Bibles tonight to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi 3, amen. We're going to look at verses 10 and 11. I am in the New King James, Malachi 3, verses 10 and 11. And if you're going to give online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Amen. So Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 10 and 11 in the New King James. And it tells us this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, amen, that there may be food in my house or provision in my house, in the temple, in the church, and and, and, and there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Amen. So God says, come on, if you bring in the tithe, try me, put me to the test on this and watch what I'll do. Look at verse 11. It says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. That's the enemy trying to come in and mess your stuff up and steal from you so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Well, it's talking about all these agriculture things here, the vine and and the fruit and all this stuff. Well, back then they dealt much more primarily in that sort of an economic system of, uh, of commerce with 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 your crops and your harvest well we deal more with money I, you know i didn't can't i've tried they won't let me pay my electric bill and pumpkins i tried that once and they're like no we need we need cold hard cash i'm like fine whatever so but listen it tells us here that god will rebuke the devourer from messing with our finances with our goods who thinks that sounds like an important benefit to have amen and so this is a promise from god regarding our tithes and our offerings All right, well, let's go ahead and stand up together. 
We're going to speak some words of faith over our giving tonight. Then we're going to get into some worship with Pastor Josh and Ray Liana there. Then we're going to get into the Word of God. Pastor, my dad is going to be speaking about finances tonight. I believe in the blessing of Abraham. I saw it. It looks super good. So we're going to have an awesome message here in just a few minutes. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, binding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. If you want, you can join us at the altar for worship tonight. And let's put our hands together for the Lord.
song. You sing a song and you come in, make you dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, give you praise and you come in, sing a song and you come in, make you dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, give you praise and you come in, sing a song and you come in, make you dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, give you praise and you come in, sing a song and you Song. We sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, give you praise and you come in, sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, give you praise. We sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, give you praise and you come in, sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in, give you praise. You inhabit the praises of your people. You inhabit the praises of your people. You inhabit the praises of your people.
Father, we worship you. We worship you and we adore you. And I'm so grateful that we can call you Father. You used to be God to me, but I got born again and now you're Father. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you love us more than any earthly dad could ever love his children. Father, thank you tonight as we get into your word. Your word's going to get into us. It's going to change our attitude about money. It's going to change our thinking about money, about debt, about paying cash for things. It's going to change us how we think. And I want to thank you that your word says in 2 Timothy 1, you've given us a spirit of discipline and self-control. We have the fruit of the spirit. Lord, we're temperate. We're self-controlled. I want to thank you for getting into the hearts of your people that we shouldn't live by whim and by fantasy, but we should live by common sense and faith in your word and let you prosper us a step at a time till we can be the people that lend and not borrow all the time, Lord. Thank you for changing our lives by changing our thinking and changing what we believe from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. So good to be here tonight again. We're having another family reunion. Man, I, isn't it wonderful to come to a family reunion every week? The family all gets together and we get united. That's called unity. At the books of Act, book of Acts, when everybody was in unity, God moved in their midst and did great things. Welcome to the family reunion. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to be talking in uh, this is uh, part four in God's plan for your finances. Stop being a slave to debt. Stop being a slave to debt. And we're going to start in Proverbs chapter three, verse nineteen. But as you're turning there, I'm, th- I'm thinking about life. What have I experienced over the years? And I've, I've made mistakes financially, and probably most of you have probably made financial mistakes. How many's ever went out and got a great big loan on a car and told everybody, look what God blessed me with? Well, you were blessed while your emotions were still stirred, but then when the payment come due and the next payment come due, all of a sudden you're thinking, if this is a blessing of God, how come that truck's pulling up out there and taking my car? Well, because it wasn't your car. Somebody had a lien on it. Somebody had a hold on it. It was their car. And they were letting you drive their car as long as you gave them a whole lot more money for it than what it was worth. Then you find out whose car it was. I've been down that road and I found out. And I don't want to be a slave to anybody with my money or with my things. I want to be able to buy things. As a matter of fact, i got to get to what I'm teaching here. But I'm just thinking about my life. I've learned a lot about life in the last several years. I've learned about finances from the Word of God and by experience. And I, I made a decision years ago. I wanted to learn off somebody else's mistakes and I had to make my own. Amen. 
How many would rather learn the right way to do things because somebody else tells you they tried the way you're going and it didn't work? Amen. And so we as believers, especially the younger believers, people been around for a while, if you would just start listening to the word of God and maybe you were raised wrong about money. I know that my parents, when I was raised, I know there's a couple loan companies in Indianapolis. And I remember when I was a child, uh, money was different back then. It went further. But I remember my dad and mom, every year, two or three times a year, I'd hear them talk to the kitchen table about who could they call to get a loan. And for, back then, a big loan for them to live on was three or $400. But if it took them a year to pay it off, that was a lot of payments. But that's what they did. And that's what I heard, lived from loan to loan. And then I remember when charge cards first came out. Charge cards first came out. I got a charge card. It came from one of the department stores. as $500, but that was a lot of money way back then, like 50 years ago. And so I just, I mean, stupid. Like maybe some of you are still living right now. If you got a big S on your chest, just pull your jacket on somebody see the stupid S. But stupid. I went out that year and bought Christmas on my charge card. I thought it was only $500. And bought, I bought my little baby that was born December the 8th, a train set. Yeah, a train set for Christmas, and she was just born. You know what Dad did for a few weeks? I sat there on the floor playing for a train until she was big enough to get it. But it took a long time to finally pay that $500 off, and I got rid of that card. I thought, I'm not going to live this way. And then later on, as a, as a dog been around for a while, I thought, I can control this. And I found out that a charge card in the hands of a charger-holic was like a beer in the hands of an alcoholic. Couldn't just drink one. Kept on going. And so finally, after a lot of years of heartache and making the same mistake over and over and over and over again, I don't charge things. I got a charge card. I used buy buying airplane tickets and rental cars. I've already got the money in the bank to pay the thing off. I just like to keep myself on one account like that. And I haven't paid any interest on that thing for years. I use that thing only for that one purpose. I'm not even tempted to use it. I pay cash. And years ago, when I began to learn the things I'm going to teach tonight, I wrote a note and stuck it in my Bible. And here's what I said. If cash can't buy it, I don't want it or need it. And so if I got the cash, I buy it. And if I don't, it just stays in my what people call their, what do you call that, Julie, that thing there, your wish list or whatever it is. Whatever, anyway, we got 25 grandkids. They sent us things here. Well, here's their wish list or something. So we put down there all these options to do. So I have something I read in there, but I got to the place in life that the word of God works so much. I got abundance and overflow that I give. I give, I give, I give. I've got, I've got so much stuff, I give. When I, when I moved from the house we had last time a couple of years ago, the new one, I gave away bad new tools, power tools, and all kinds of equipment, things I'd bought I thought I was going to use, I gave them away to people still in the boxes because I had abundance. And really, when we're going to say the word of God, that is the will of God for his covenant people. He wants you to have so much that you don't know what to do with it except give it. But then because there's a spiritual law in Luke 6, 38, give it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down, shake together, running over. I got people giving me so much stuff now. I don't even have to spend my money on stuff. I got the money to spend now, but people give me stuff. And so when I get it, I don't need it because I always got more than enough of all that. So I give it to somebody else. And because the spiritual law is working, what you sow is what you reap. It keeps coming back. 
new stuff, good stuff, not their junk throwaways, good stuff. But it took years to get that arena there. But I'm telling you, you can be there. I'm going to show you the word of God that God does not want you being a slave to somebody else. Going out and paying somebody 10 times more for something than what you gave for it originally because you had to pay their debt to them. Amen. Somebody say amen or oh me. Amen. So we're talking about tonight, stop being a slave to debt. Proverbs 3.19. And some of this is kind of review. But a lot of you haven't heard probably those other three lessons. They're on YouTube, on Facebook, and whatever else they're on. But you go back and see some of the foundation I laid for the last uh, four weeks. But Proverbs 3.19, and this is crucial to get a hold of this. The Lord, by wisdom, and I underline wisdom, has founded the earth. And the Lord taught me years ago that the wisdom of God is the plan of God. That's God's plan. When you're praying for wisdom, for something you're dealing with in life, about family situations, about jobs, or whatever it is, when you're asking God for his wisdom, you're saying, Lord, what's your plan? How do I make it through this? How can I change this? What can I do? You're asking for the plan of God. And so it says, the Lord even, by wisdom, have founded the earth. God created this earth and everything he did by his wisdom, by his plan. God always has a plan. For everything that he's done. Everything that he's done. Now, when I was worshiping the Lord men to go, I just started having a flashback through the word of God. How many are familiar with Noah? Have you ever read there where God told Noah exactly what every board, every nail, every part of that ark was going to look like before he ever started? He said, here's the materials you're going to need. Here's how you're going to put it together. Here's what you're going to do. God had a plan in heaven. And he gave it to a man. And then he built the ark. And guess what? The ark did the job. And then I was thinking as we were worshiping the Lord about Moses. He told Moses how to build the, build the tabernacle. He told him how to build each room. What to put in it. The details, the curtains. How long they were. What color they were. How many curtain rings to put in them. And everything to do. God had a plan from heaven for everything that he does. Same thing from Solomon's temple. All down through the word of God, whenever God gave a job to people to do, he said, here's how I want you to do it. And then I remember the words when he talked to Moses was, he said, make it according to the pattern that I've shown you from heaven. And so the word of God is the pattern or the blueprint from heaven for your finances. And God doesn't build any junk. And so in our lives, if our, if our lives are full of junk and clutter in the financial arena, uh, I, me- I remember the time when I was still stupid. I don't know a lot yet, but I know more than I did. I remember the time when I was still stupid. All these letters would come in the mail. Transfer your debt to this card here. No payments for three months. No interest for a year. Just And so for a while, I thought I was going to win that way and beat the system. by keep on borrowing from this one to put into that one. Put into that one. Put into that one. And finally, after about a year of doing that, it caught up and I sunk. You know why? That wasn't God's plan. That wasn't God's plan. And so I tried to do it in the flesh and it cost me dearly. We want to help you not to do that. Amen. Amen. Uh, you, you know, I'm thinking about the book of Proverbs when Solomon wrote that. He said, listen to a wise old man. And I'm not saying that I'm a wise old man because I'm not old. 
not as old as I'm going to be. But the thing is, listen to somebody who's been there teaching the word of God, not just a man's ideas. And so it says that, that, it, it, that God had wisdom and the wisdom was the plan. As the first step in life for us, if we want to be financially successful in life, is to have, you know, get this, a Bible-based plan for how to manage our money and our other resources that God trusts us with. A Bible-based plan, not a plan from people that don't know God. Not a plan from people that curse the name of Jesus. A Bible-based plan, because there's a lot of loan sharks out there that look nice and they talk nice. I, I remember... <laughs> Stay awake tonight. But I just remember back when I was going through all that trouble and we were seeing what to do, trying to refinance, remortgage, do all those things. I remember I walked into this young goofball's office down in Bloomington, Indiana. And I was sitting there and I praised God that we can pray and truth will operate in things even when we're being stupid. But I remember this guy was going to loan me money to get out of the stuff I was in with more money. And while the midst of he was talking, the guy just lets these words slip out. By the way, we need, I think it was $3,000 now or something like that. He said, he said, I get $1,000 right now just for talking to you. And I said, you've said too much. <laughs> so I just said, well, we're done. Basically, that's what I said. I said, I said, I got to go goodbye. I thought there's no way this little kid just got out of college is going to talk to me to sign a paper for him to take all this other money anyway, he's going to get $1,000 sitting here for me to sign my name on his paper. How many want to live that way to where you're the one that all the time is giving your stuff away to people and then you're the one that after they get their big bonus to go out and do whatever they do, you're the one that has to keep on paying for it and they don't even know who you are or what you look like. Amen. Amen. So anyway, uh, you've got to have a, a Bible-based plan and then it says, then look at the word. It says, by understanding hath he established the heavens. Understanding is knowing the steps of action to take. God has always brought his plan to pass one step at a time. One step at a time. I think about what the word of God tells us about our life. Uh, Psalms thirty-seven twenty-three says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man. And the Bible tells us in many places that our life is a race. When you run the race, you don't stand on the starting line and all of a sudden just, whoop, you're on the finish line. There are a lot of steps in between here and there. You never, ever, ever, ever get there if you don't take the first step. And in this lesson we've been teaching, we've shown you some steps from the Word of God the last few weeks that God wants you to take. And if you don't take the first step, you're never going to get to the finish line. You'll live your you'll live, you'll live your whole life busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. That's how you'll live your life. I got tired of that a long time ago. And so that motivated me to act on the word of God that people taught me and start denying myself things that I didn't need so I get to where God wanted me to be to be a blessing and not be the one all the time playing, oh, Lord, uh, send somebody to bless me. Oh, Lord, it's Christmas time. Oh, Lord, it's Christmas. Oh, help is Jesus. It's school time. Help is Jesus. Oh, we need help. Now we're the ones, my wife and I, we're the ones where when we're praying, the Lord shows us people, people that need help, and we can help them instead of crying out for help all the time. 
How many want to get to that place in life where you're the one that God could use? And I'll tell you this, it has nothing to do with how much you make right now or where you work at. It has everything to do with the one you gave your heart to. And do you know that we call Jesus Lord? Do you know the Lord means master? Means teacher? Jesus wants to teach you. He wants to be your master. And by his master, he's not a slave master. He's a loving Lord. And he'll show you what to do. And if you'll start training yourself to listen in your heart about financial things and quit blowing money and start doing the things that the Word of God teaches that we're teaching, you'll get to the place in life where you'll start seeing debt becoming less and less till where sometime you'll think about the things you went through and think, that couldn't have been me. That was somebody else I'm talking about. Well, that's where we are. That couldn't have been us went through all those years of horror. And now we're talking about it. It's like it's some fairy tale, somebody else. That wasn't really us. It was really us. We just got smart and decided to do what God said. And you can do it too. Say, I can do it too. Amen. And so, step by step, as when you read Genesis chapter 1, you're going to see what God did. And this is amazing. When I put these lessons together, the way the Lord lays it out to me, I went back and checked on what he told me. And it says on day one, God created the heavens and the earth. He put them there. Day two, he said, let there be light. And there was light. And it starts telling every day, God took another step in putting the plan together. He already knew what he wanted it to look like. That, that was the wisdom of God. He wanted the earth. He wanted everything we see. He wanted people. And so every day he did that. He got down to day seven. And this says that God rested from his work. And so God did that. But get this in your life as I'm talking. God has a plan for you step by step, step by step. And you know what I learned about him a long, long time ago? That God will not violate his word for anybody. I made a big financial mistake one time. And it cost dearly. It cost the church, caught us. We got ahead of God. And I'll never forget it. I sit in my office. I had about five, five secretaries, people working under me with me. I sat there in the office and I was just trying to act cool. You know, the pastor and all these people working for me. I was sitting there and just being cool. And all of a sudden I heard these words in my heart. I'll not violate my word for anybody, not even you. And when it did that, I felt like the color drained out of my face. Because when God talks to you, where you hear him talking, I'm not talking with just sense of the spirit of God, but hear the voice of God. When he said that, I thought, oh boy, I'm in trouble. As so I looked around, everybody just was minding their own business, doing their jobs. And I just nonchalantly got up and walked past them because I'm the pastor. They're working for me. I thought, man, oh, man, I don't want to know I'm getting ready to go to the woodshed. So I got things together, but we wasn't doing sin, wasn't doing things wrong. We just got ahead of God, sold a building too soon before our next one was ready, and it cost us. Amen. We didn't wait on the Lord to do what he wanted us to do. We were so emotionally charged as a church that we've grown to be one of the fastest growing biggest churches around there on TV twice a week. Things were really happening, going very well in life and we were like you are. You get going really good, you get emotionally excited. And even for a preacher your emotions could override what's inside of you by the Holy Spirit. And so we did, it cost us and long story short, that's how we ended up in California. 
Amen. God moved us and started all over again. And so we learned, we learned what not to do. And so step by step. And so, uh, after you clearly see and know the biblical plan for your financial success, you must get the steps to take to begin the process of bringing the plan to pass. I hope you're taking good notes and writing this down. You got to get the plan, then you got to get the steps. Because with the plan without steps and action, it's just a dream. And God wants your dream to become reality. But you got to follow his plan from the word of God and by the Holy Spirit for your life. And so anyway, you've got to get that plan. And, and, and for what we're teaching, I call that plan having a budget. You got to have a budget. Last week we talked about that. And then verse 20, by his knowledge, now looks at this, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down their dew. And so God didn't just have a plan to create a planet called earth, but he had, he had specific steps. And if he didn't act, and that's what this says, he broke them up and the clouds dropped down their, the, the, the rain. If, if God didn't take the steps, it still wouldn't have happened. He had to put action with his and make things happen. He put things in place. And this says the depths are broken up. And I, and I, I, I looked at that in different translations. So what does that mean? And, 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 and in Hebrew things, it said the planet had no water. And then it said God caused the earth to open up and water started coming up and made the oceans, made rivers and made things. God knew what he wanted. He wanted the earth with water. And so it said he broke up the depths and water began to come up out of the ground and made that. And then in Noah's day, Pastor Dave talked about this recently, in Noah's day, there'd never been rain yet. They started building that ark and then God caused clouds to come and brought rain. He took the steps, what it took to put water on the earth. And so for you, you've got to have the steps of action and you've got to take the action. You can't just talk about tithing. You've got to start tithing. Amen. You can't talk, start talking about paying your bills. You've got to shut off Mickey Mouse and McDonald's if you want to start getting out of debt and doing what God wants you to do. You can't act on whims. And you know, what's the definition of a fool? I think in this modern time, everybody knows depth is a fool. Keep doing the same thing over and over again, expect to get different results. There has to come a point in time you have plastic surgery. Cut up your charge cards, cut up the plastic. You have to get, take the scissors out and do some snip. But at some point in time, it's just like to quit smoking. You got to throw the cigarettes away. To get off the booze, you got to throw the booze away. To get off living by debt, you got to throw the cards away. If you never do it, you're going to be a fool. Keep on that. I'm going to get different results. Uh, did you ever? Did you ever try to quit smoking when you were really a serious smoker? Uh, it takes the help of God. I'll tell you. Believe it or not, before I got saved, I was a four-pack Marlboro person a day. Back then, they cost thirty-five cents though, so it wasn't like now. <laughs> That pack of cigarettes probably cost more now than a car payment for what I paid back then. But anyway, you got, you got to, you got to take the steps. You got to put action into it. So you must put into action the steps that you know and write down and write down. No, no, write down if you want to see your financial plan become a reality, not just a fantasy. Now I want to remind you what God's plan for your financial house is to look like in John chapter 10, verse 10. You can look at it. 
Or you can look at it on the screen because I'm going to read this last part of that verse out of the Amplified Bible. Here's what God's plan, what your financial has to look like when it's built according to his plan. John 10.10b in the Amplified Bible says, Now Jesus said this, I came that they may have and enjoy life. Have and enjoy life. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's called more than enough. And when I was thinking about this this afternoon, how many know that Jesus is the will of God in the flesh? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I only do those things which the Father shows me to do. He said, I only speak those things the Father tells me to speak. Well, I was thinking when I was looking at this verse here, when Jesus was on the earth, several times, you know, he multiplied fishes and loaves. How many know those stories? All the time, he multiplied fishes and loaves. He'd have thousands of people that came out there in the open desert to hear him teach them about God. And during that time, people would be out there sometimes for two or three days, and they'd run out of food they brought, and they were hungry. And so I remember one time I think about the little boy had a lunch, had had a couple pieces of fish, and a, lo- had a couple, you know, some bread. And he said, bring to me what you got. And every one of those examples I'm thinking about Jesus... He prayed over the fish and the loaves, fed thousands of people. And when it was done, he had tons and tons of fish and loaves left over because that's what he said, having an abundance to the full, to overflows. That's why there's always left over because the will of God is for you to have things in this life in abundance to the full, to it overflows. And the thing about Christianity, it's always been this way. There's always been preachers and religious people inspired by religious demons that God wants Christians broke. Why would God want Christians broke if we're his children? Why would God, why would God be so cruel as let the devil and his family have all the wealth and the Christians be crawling around begging? That's not the plan of God. It's not the Bible. And so as we look at things in the Bible, we have to realize that James 4, 7 is in there. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil brings poverty, you've got to resist him. The devil brings lack, you've got to resist him. devil puts in your mind, you can't afford to tithe, you've got to resist him. The devil puts in your mind, as I'm preaching, well, I can't get rid of my cards. I can't do that. I can never live. Well, the Bible tells you, we're going to see, God wants you to get to the place, to get to the place where you can get off those cards. If you had to get weaned off or whatever it is, but until you stop using them, you'll never get off of them. And we're going to see some things the Word of God's going to help you. But the thing is, in heaven, there's no resistance to the will of God. In heaven, nobody murmurs because God decided to make all the streets out of gold. Well, that could have been used to feed the poor. Well, there's no poor in heaven. The needs are met abundantly. But somebody said, but that's heaven. But Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. And in heaven, I've said this before, and it it sounds kind of funny, but our thinking has got to change. Jesus did not say my father's house are many shacks. 
In my father, in, in my father, in my father's heaven are many trailers. Get a double wide. Well, you're in the wrong place then. In my father's house are many what? Mansions. Jesus wants us to have good housing. He wants us to have good transportation. He wants our kids to have good clothes, et cetera, et cetera. And somebody was thinking, but we can't afford that. Well, as long as you think that way, you never will. You got to start thinking John 10, 10. He said, I want you. Everybody point at yourself and say, me. He said, I want you to have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so you might not be able to afford it now, but Jesus can. You start doing things Jesus' way, and you can start having and enjoying life in abundance to the full till it overflows. And so this is what your finished house looks like, your financial plan, to where you've got abundance and overflow in the material arena. I don't want, I don't want to lose you, so pay, pay close attention to these steps. And uh, actually, the things we're going to see is going to be a decision, not just a step. But you've got to make the decision. You're going to do what the Bible says. All believers must make totally based upon the Word of God uh, plans if you're going to have the financial success that God wants you to have. And I want to lay a little foundation from the Bible before I get to my big closer here in a minute that's really going to help you. And you've got to see this. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. The whole, the whole chapter is really uh, very enlightening. But we're going to look at three verses specifically because we don't devour the whole thing or we'd be here all night and never get to where we need to go. But Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, 14, and 29. And do, do you know that Paul was a, was a Hebrew of the Hebrews? He was a Jew's Jew. He was a teacher of the law. Paul was born in the right family, all the right pedigree. Paul knew the law. I'm talking about the, not about the Jewish law. All, all the things in the Old Testament Paul was a scholar on. And he was a Jew, but then he got born again. So he's a born again Jew. But then here's what he tells these Jewish people he's talking to. And you see how this applies to us. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For as written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And what he's telling these Jewish people, you can't, you can't believe that good things are going to happen to you just because you're a Jew. Because Jesus Christ took care of all the law for you. And there's curses in the law. There's blessings and there's curses. And we're going to be in Deuteronomy 28 in a minute. But he lists all the curses of the law there and all the blessings. And says, Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law. And for us, I want to tell you what this is, what this has to do with you. This is not a religious lesson I'm giving you. This is a Bible teaching for your life about your, about your finances, your money, what God has for you. It's a curse to all the time be lacking. It's a curse that everything you, everything you touch dies. I'm talking about, you know, you get a warranty on a new refrigerator. You get a warranty on a car. And everything's perfect till the warranty runs out. Then all of a sudden, here you are. You finally got it paid off and out blows up. That's a curse. God doesn't want that. God wants your stuff to last and last and last. Pastor Dave, how long did I drive that 95 Buick I bought when I came out here? About 17 years, or however long it was. Yep, 13 years. I bought, when I came to California, 
because I gave my car away before I left Indiana. When I came to California, I got a deal for a 1995 Buick for $500. I drove the car 13 years. I put, well, I think I put about 115,000 miles on it. But you know why I didn't buy another car? I wasn't getting debt on me. I didn't want another car. I drove that car that years. Why did that car not blow up? Because I'm redeemed from the curse. I walk in the light of the word on that. I had a mechanic that went to the church. He's in heaven now. Went to the church back then. Did work on it for me over the years all the time. I had it. And after I had it, probably about oh, 10, 12 years, he said to me one day, Pastor, I've never said it, but did you know this car's had a rod knocking ever since you bought it? I said, yeah. I know what a knocking rod sounds like. My dad taught me. He's a mechanic. I just drove it. Cold was blessed. I just drove that car. Total was blessed. I drove all over California in it and went to all the airports all the time and stuff, picking people up. And my car just knocked and ran. Did all I wanted to do. And then finally, when I was ready to sell it, I sold it to a lady for $500. I told her everything about it. Sold it for $500. Good air conditioner, everything working. And I hope she had faith to override the knocking rod. Somebody said, well, I doubt that. Well, I got a word for you. If you doubt it, do without it. Amen. Amen. That sounds really very, very strange. Well, it's not as strange as several million people walking through the desert for 40 years and the shoes didn't wear out. You ever hear that story? Said they had their clothes, had their shoes, and nothing wore out. Amen. Praise God I got better cars now. And trucks and everything else, it all, it all comes together. But Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, be made a curse for us. Now look at this, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That's non-Jews. That's who you are. You're a Gentile. You're a non-Jew. It says Christ redeemed us from the curse, so we get the blessing. Traded the curse for the blessing on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now we're going to look at what the Spirit inspired them to write in the book of Deuteronomy in a minute. I want you to see that, that the, that we can receive what the Spirit promised Abraham seed through faith. Now look at verse 29. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Now if this don't light your fire, your wood's all wet. And if ye be Christ, how many here belongs to Christ? Okay, he's talking to you. You be in Christ, then you're Abraham's seed. You're Abraham's seed. You keep on bragging about the Jewish people being Abraham's seed, but guess what? Because you're in Christ as you are too. You're Abraham's seed, and what's that mean? You're heirs. According to the promise, you inherited the promises, and so we aren't Abraham's physical seed, but you might want to write this down. By being born again, we are his spiritual seed. We are his spiritual seed, we're his faith seed. And the Lord spoke something else to my heart this afternoon. I was going over these notes. Now get this, and I think this will resonate, and you'll see this. I immediately saw it where the Holy Spirit said this to me this afternoon. That's why Satan hates Christians as much as he hates Jews, because he's in the spiritual arena, and he sees what's going on. He sees in the spiritual arena that we also are Abraham's seed. 
if there's two groups of people the devil hates and wants to annihilate, it's Christians and Jews. Christians and Jews. Think about this. Satan used to be the worship leader in heaven. His name was Lucifer. And he thought he was going to be a hot shot, a big guy. And so he started gathering angels together. And he still does the same that day. He gathers demons together. He gathered them together and said, guys, I think that I deserve to have God's job. And so then it says that God saw what he was doing. And he said, any of you other angels on his side, get over here. And so then it says that Jesus kicked a third of the angels with Lucifer down to the earth. So he got down to earth. And God's the one who made the earth. And God made man. And so he thought, well, I can't have heaven, so I'll get the earth then. And so he's in the Garden of Eden. And he came up to Adam and Eve and tempted them. And they went for the bait. God told them not to eat the fruit of that tree. Somebody said it was an apple. Don't say that. It says a fruit. Who knows what it was? Was it banana, orange, tangerine, or was it something else we don't even know about? It was a fruit. It says he ate the fruit of the tree. And so when they ate the fruit of the tree then, then they lost, they lost control of what God told them. God told Adam, you control. So they gave it to Satan. And so Satan hates us because God chose us over him. Amen. Can you see that? We are Abraham's seed. Jewish people are Abraham's seed. Satan hates anything that God loves. Amen. So don't get offended with people that don't know God or Jesus persecute you. Just recognize what's going on. We used to be one of them before we got born again. Now he lives in us and we're to love them and don't take it personal. Amen. 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 Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Glory to God. And so anyway, I've laid this foundation to see that we're Abraham's seed. And because of that, I want to look now in Deuteronomy 28, just a few verses here, before we head to the closer to show you your big step for getting out of debt. And so we got, we got to see what God's saying now to us as Abraham's seed. Deuteronomy 28 is where he's talking about the promises and the curses that were redeemed from. Deuteronomy 28, the first uh, about uh, the 13, 14 verses tell the blessings and the whole rest of the chapter tells us all the things we're redeemed from. I remember one time there was a man, he's in heaven now. He and his wife got to come to our church back in Indiana. He spent a lot of years in Russia Back before the Iron Curtain fell, he was over there as an undercover Christian working for Jesus in Russia. But when he was preaching, I'll never forget what he said. Has anybody ever heard of, of a thing the Jewish people do called the bar mitzvah when a young man comes of age? He said, he said that one of the main requirements of that bar mitzvah spiritually said they've got to memorize the entire chapter 28 in Deuteronomy and be able to recite it forwards and backwards. And inside out, that they got to think it, breathe it, live it, sleep it, talk it. And that's why Jewish people, everywhere they show up, they end up buying out everything. I remember where I drew, grew up on the south side of Indianapolis. The Jewish people come over there at the start of the 20th century. And they started, they started a little restaurant, a little old one-room restaurant. 
And by the time I was a truck driver, I used to eat there quite a bit, this Jewish delicatessen. Well, they owned everything on that side of the block. They owned everything up and down the street on that side of the block because the longer they lived there, the more they bought, the more they bought, the more they bought. Ended up controlling it because the word broke is not even in their thinking. They expect that everywhere we go, it's because of Deuteronomy 28, the Spirit of God talked to them. Everywhere we go, everywhere we go, we're going to own it. 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 And I, I'm sitting there one day after the, this is about the third generation, the fourth generation, the guy that had it now. I knew some of the first people, and, and, and they died out, died out, died out. And I'm sitting there one day reading Galatians chapter 3. And I looked up, and I saw the new owner. He was a nephew because the others had no children. And they had a big glass office up there. I looked up there, and the Lord said this to me. Why did Mr. Shapiro get this? And I, I just think about Galatians 3. I just read about Abraham's seed and the blessings and everything. And I said, I don't know. And he said, he was born into the right family. He, then he, what he said to me, he said, you're born into the right family. Say this. Say, I'm born. I'm born again into the family of God. I'm Abraham's spiritual seed because I belong to Jesus. God has called me and anointed me to prosper and not to be broke. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Amen. Now, I'm just going to look at a couple verses here because I want you to see this. You've got to know this. This is what Paul said in Galatians 3. He said that we have inherited the promises the Holy Spirit made to Abraham. If it belongs to Abraham, it belongs to me because I'm his seed. Verse 10. And all the people of there shall see that they are called by the name of the Lord. They shall be afraid of thee. Do you know why this persecution is going on over in Israel right now? They're afraid of them. Do you know why persecution happens across America? Because Christians choose to live a moral life according to the Bible. And we talk different. And if you're a real Christian, you act different. You treat people different. They're afraid of us. They don't know what to do of us. I, I remember oh, all these, well, you know, when you've lived a long time, you got stories. Did you ever read the Bible about the madman of Kadera? That story that man said they kept him in chains. He was tormented. And everybody stayed away from him because he was mean. He was demon possessed. Jesus cast the devils out of him. And then it says, then when the people saw him clothed and in his right mind, they said, get away from us. We don't know how to handle this. When I got born again, my dad and mom's in heaven now. But my family was not Christians. And I remember I had already been divorced. Now my ex-wife was around and we were seeing each other, got back together. And then she started telling my parents I was a Christian now. Started to tell them that I act different now. And there's no other way to say it. My family was racist. And they said he goes to church with black people and he hugs them. Well, they thought then that I was totally insane. I lost my mind. I was getting ready for work one morning early. And my parents lived a long ways off. And when I got up, they come walking into my house, my ex-wife. And they said, if you don't get get away from this church stuff, this Jesus stuff, we're going to have you committed. 
had my two little girls there, five years old, eight years old, and said, you never see your girls again. We're going to have you committed if you don't stop this. I was a new Christian, for the love of Jesus. I'm for the love of Jesus now. I just looked him in the eye, and I said, well, if you have me committed, Jesus will be in there with me. And I went to work. You know what? My parents could handle me when I was drunk. They could handle me because I acted like them. When I was drunk, and I was mean, and I was stupid, and did wrong things, they could handle that. But all of a sudden, I'm loving everybody. I'm not doing all the stuff anymore I used to do. And they didn't know what to do, but they was afraid of me. And so for your lives, don't be concerned if people are afraid of you because you don't do what they think you ought to do like them. Just recognize that I'm doing what Jesus wants, and he wants me to be a reflection of him to help them. And so by the time all was said and done, I got to lead all those people to the Lord before they went to heaven, my family and different ones like that, because you know why? I was in my right mind and they weren't. All totally true stories. And so then it says right here in verse 11, and this is the promises of God to Abraham's seed. So he's talking to you. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. That's what I was telling you about my life. I'm plenteous in goods. If through thy body, well, you guys may not follow me as I follow Christ as there, but I've got eight kids. And they've got eight spouses. And I've got 25 grandkids. And so that part came to pass in my life in a big way. And through thy body and thy cattle and the fruit of thy ground in the land which the Lord swear to thy fathers to give thee. And this is for Israel right now. God's the one who gave them that land. Amen. He said, I gave that to you. But now look right here what I want you to see. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain to thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. As I'm telling you right now, no matter where you work at, no matter how much your income is, if you will work hardly, as the book of Colossians says, as unto the Lord and not to man, if you consider Jesus is the one that gave you the job, Jesus is the one you're answering to. If you'll work hardly as unto him, you might have a mean boss, but I'd have a good boss. If your bosses, be nice, be good, because Jesus sees you. But you, no matter who you're working for, it says he'll bless the work of your hand, and promotion will come. In spite of your education, lots of it or none of it, God will promote you. Just keep on trying to learn and grow all the time. He'll bless that. And then right here, is where we're going to finish at. We're going to look at this in another verse. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Thou shalt lend, and thou shalt not borrow. When I was looking at that, looking at that verse back in the 90s, I was reading that, I was meditating upon that, and the Lord said this to me, very, very plainly. And when God talks to me, it's simple. And when he talks to you, it ought to be simple too, because he's not going to be deeper than what you are. God knows who you are. He said this to me. He said, what's the first step for you to become a lender? I said, I don't know. And he said this then. He said it soft like that. And then the next words were like this. Stop borrowing. 
What's the first step for you to turn your money around and start being somebody that lends? Quit living off borrowed money. Quit living off borrowed money. You will never be the lender if you're always the borrower. He said his will, he wants us to be the one that lends. And in my life, what I found out most of the time for me, I don't lend money, I give money. Because I found out it's more profitable for me to give it than to lend it. Because he said, he said, when we lend to the poor, we're lending to the Lord. And he pays wonderful interest on his gift. And so as we give, it's multiplied back. I have loaned money, but most of the time somebody needs something. I mean, I've given, I have, I've actually given thousands of dollars away to people that had need of it because I had it and I knew that I did not want them being afraid to come around me because they couldn't look me in the eye. How did I know that by experience? There was a very wealthy couple that, that helped us a lot of ways when we were young in our married life. He loaned me money and when he did as much as I loved them because they didn't have it to pay back for a long time, I didn't want to be around them because I felt guilty. I couldn't look them in the eye. And so I made the choice back then that I am not going to be somebody that's somebody in my in my life that I love. Church people, fellow Christians or family don't want to come around me because they owe me money and they can't pay it back. And so I would always tell people when I gave them money, hey, now look at this. There's no strings attached. If you ever want to pay it, that's fine, but I don't want it. That's up to you. If you feel you want to pay me something back sometime, you can do it, but I really don't want it. I want to give this to you because some people, they want to they want to pay stuff back. And so I've always, always, always said, I'm giving this to you. I'll never think about it again. This is yours. Take it. This is for you. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? That's how God wants to be. Now, this is where we're going to close at. Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. And most parents, Christian parents, are familiar with this verse. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. How many have seen that, that in your lives you need to train your children right? If you don't train them, the world's going to. Amen. Train up a child in the way he should go, he not depart from it. And so remember now, the Old Testament is written, inspired by God in Hebrew to Jews. God's the one that wrote these verses. God's the one that inspired them to the Jews, Abraham's seed. Now, who are we? Abraham's seed. So this is written to us. And so immediately following verse 6, he says, Tramp a child the way he should go. And God never does anything just by chance, just because he has to do something. He's got connected to that about this financial arena. Now, look at this. The rich ruleth over the poor. And the borrower, I put this in bold, the borrower is servant to the lender. The borrower is servant to the lender. The borrower is servant to the lender. When you're living on borrowed money, you can't even take off and take a vacation because you're a servant to somebody else. If you don't get the paycheck to make that loan, they'll take your car. They'll take your house. They'll take your stuff because you're not serving Jesus. You're serving them. How many times, how many times, and you know, I know this applies to me. How many times has there been something going on that the church said, we're going to be doing this special event. It's going to be a submissions trip or something we're going to do. We're going to be doing this trip and we want everybody to go that wants to go. Uh, it's going to cost $2,000 to put this way and you got to have a week off of work. 
How many of their hearts have thought, oh, I'd love to do that. I want to go. I know God wants me to go. He wants me to go, but I can't do it because I got to work. I got to pay my loans. Jesus wasn't your Lord in that matter. Debt was. How many have seen something going on where the church is going to have an outreach? Going to reach out to the poor, the homeless, and do some things. And say, boy, I'd really like to do that. But debt's my master. For everything else, there's MasterCard. Man, you know what I can say about MasterCard? I, I can't talk that way anymore. That MasterCard should not be your master. Visa should not be your visa. Amen. Jesus, Jesus should be your source for everything. And if there's something going on, you ought to be able to say, you know what? Years ago, I got delivered from Barlin. I'm not a slave anymore. I got, I followed my budget. I got money. Church is taking that mission trip. Well, I'd like to go, but I can't do it right now. I don't believe the Lord wants me to do, but I'll sponsor somebody else to go. I help somebody else to get there. That's what I'll do. That's the plan of God. I'm going to close with this verse right here. But because this is the closer thing I've worked up to, I don't want you to mentally check out now. You need to see this verse. You need to get this. And every time you think about Proverbs 22.6, you'll think about Proverbs 22.7. I'm going to teach my children that we do not want to live off a curse. We want to live off a blessing that we are not going to borrow money. But my little children jerk my skirt, jerk my pants, and say, everybody else is doing it, Dad. Mom, everybody else is doing this. you got to say, well, we're not everybody else. We're us. And we're not that place in life right now. Right now, the money we have, we don't have McDonald's money this week. we got light bill money, gas money, and food money for the house, but not McDonald's this week. Well, everybody else has got that kind of shoes. Well, uh, everybody else can have that kind of shoes right now. But I'm not going to charge that kind of shoes. I'm not buying that kind of shoes. I'll tell you what we can do, though. Let's sow a seed. Let's give an offering. And let's call that seed in. And we're going to ask the Lord to bless us with those clothes, those shoes. However he wants to give it to us. He can have somebody give it to us. We can find it on the side of the road, which I've had plenty of stuff off the side of the road in my lifetime. And i still got an eye open. I still do pretty good sometimes. But anyway, kids, we're going to use our faith. Faith pleases God. And we're going to sow this seed because God said he doesn't want us living off borrowed money. He wants us to be the ones that lend money. So let's just, the dollar we've got, let's give to somebody else and pray the blessing of God over them. And we'll believe that God's the one that's watching. And we're going to get those clothes, going to get those shoes, whatever it is. You hear what I'm saying? The different kind of lifestyle. And so anyway, uh, the Jews are blessed, and in Hebrew, that means anointed to prosper. And so the main thing is, I want to close this with you. In your financial plan, as you get the tithing thing is your number one thing you do, number two, whatever you've got to do, find out how you can get off of charge cards. Find out how you start getting out of debt. Amen. If you get a hold of this, I can promise you, according to God's plan, Bible says God had a plan, He had steps, and then He took the steps. Step number one for you is in your heart, make the decision. If you're married, do everything you can to get your mate on deck with you where you're both seeing the same thing. Number one, 
the tithe belongs to God. Number two, we get living off borrowed money. Number three, we pay our debt, pay our bills on time, and there'll come a place in time, one step at a time, you're going to do like God did on day seven. You're going to rest and say, boy, it's so good that we're not a slave anymore. We are free. Amen, amen, amen. Let's stand up. Uh, I think you got sleepy. You can do better than that. Let's clap. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. And I, I tell you, I, in my life, uh, not bragging, just testifying of the goodness of God. We did what God told us to do of his word, and we're free. That is so good to be free. Debt does not have to tell me what I can do for God or what I can't do. I tell debt what it can do. Debt, stay away from me. I'll have nothing to do with you anymore. We're done. Amen. Amen. Well, as we as we close out today, uh, you know, I'm a really big believer in laying out of hands because the Bible is. And the Bible teaches so much that holy men of God have anointing in them. We all have anointing. But I think about the Old Testament, they always laid hands on people to release God's anointing. New Testament, we lay hands on people for healing, uh, for installing people into the ministry office, and so many different things. And I know we have anointing in us. And because of that, if you're, I mean, most people are, if, if you want hands laid on you to help you to be stirred, to be able to make these decisions and choices, to by faith start finding out what to do. And I want to say this, talk about that plastic surgery. Don't cut up all your cards right now if that's something. But there's got to come to a point in time you do it. But just whatever you can do, find out how you can start getting backing off just like quitting smoking, backing off, backing off the charge stuff to get to the place where you can come to the place where you say, charge cards, we're done. That's it. I'm not going back. And when I first got delivered from smoking, I walked to a smoke-filled room. Oh, it smelled so good. Those cigarettes smelled so good. But I knew I didn't want it anymore. And when you see the glitter out there like that, try to tempt you to go out and go back into debt and say, nope, I'm not taking another puff. I'm not taking another drink. I'm not taking another debt. And start living right. But we want to lay hands on you for help if you need help. Not a magic wand. That's anointed of God. And the anointed of God does things in you that you can't do. And so we'd like to break that power of debt and borrowing off your life. And if that's something you really want with, We'd like to pray for you for that, but then follow through and start taking these steps. Amen? Amen. So if you want prayer, come on up here. We want to pray for you. And of course, if something else you want, you can come up for that too. But we want, we want to see you free. Lifted high
present is all I need, it's all I want, all I seek, and without it, without it, there's no meaning. Present is the air I breathe, the song I sing. Love I need and without it, without it I'm not living. I will exalt you, Lord. I will exalt you, Lord. There is no
there will be no one like you and no one beside you you alone are worthy of all praise amen all right well we're going to go ahead and close things out tonight amen who's received from the lord today we've had a couple of great services amen digging deep into the word of god Praise the Lord. Well, remember, we got service Wednesday at 7. Servant leadership is Thursday at 7. If you're looking to take the next step to go a little bit deeper, and Harvest Fest is right around the corner. So let's keep bringing that candy in. Amen. And being ready for the harvest this year. Let's go ahead. We'll close in prayer. Then we'll speak some words of faith over Barstow tonight. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for uh, just the tremendous day that we've had in this church, Lord. And we thank you for the word that's been brought forth. Help us, Lord, to be doers of your word and not just hearers only. And we thank you, Jesus. We know it is your will for us to prosper. It is your will for us to have more than enough so we can bless others, Lord, so we can be used of you in that regard. Thank you, Jesus, for every person, every family here, Lord, prospering and being in health, just like 3 John 2 said. We love you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's speak some faith over Barstow, and then you are dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.